Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abundantly Successful Show, the show for conscious entrepreneurs who have that deep desire to turn their passion into a successful and thriving business, all making a huge impact in the world. I'm your host, Kay Sanders, also known as the creator of possibilities. And our interview today, our episode today is all about finding and staying connected to our purpose. And our guest expert today is Jesse Brizendine. So he's an international recognized life coach, speaker, and author. And he's got to tell us all about how we can really find our purpose and also stay connected with it so we can become even more successful in our business. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Jesse. Hello, Jesse. Thanks for being here. Great to have you. Hey, Kay. hey everybody. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's definitely a pleasure to have you here to it. Now, you know, be prepared. I will pick your brain. But it's, it's prime for picking today. <laughs> okay, great. But before we dive into the content, why don't you share with us a little bit like who you are, what you do, and my most favorite question, why you do what you do. Yeah. So in essence, I, I guess I'll start with what I believe and what I believe about people. And I love, we'll talk about belief. I love your saying behind you. We talked about that a little bit off camera is if you believe in yourself, anything's possible. And I hold that expression near and dear to my heart. I believe that for human beings, the two greatest resources we have are the thoughts we think and the feelings we feel. I also believe that the two greatest challenges that we will sometimes have from getting from where we are to wherever it is we want to be are the thoughts we think and the feelings we heal, feel. So in essence, what I do is I help people get these two amazing resources working together so that they can really create purpose-driven and fulfilled lives. I think for all of us, the, the name of the game is fulfillment. It's really fulfillment's what we're after. We can set any goal we have. I want to have the car. I want to have the house. I want to make you know, $10 million, whatever that is. But there's a deeper reason. There's an emotion behind why we want those things, right? And if we start to break it down, we'll see at the, at the crux of it, there's an emotion we're after. And that emotion is the belief that we have about what that will mean about us and how we'll feel if we achieve those things. And my whole approach is I love that we have goals. That's awesome. We all should have goals. And I want to help people feel those feelings and tap into those emotions now and in the present. So they're not in a position where once they get to those goals, they feel it for a buzz in a moment, but then they wake up and they're like, wait a minute. Now I got to go back to the next day, right? Emotional strength and emotional resilience and emotional mastery is really about learning how to tap into your emotions and, and choose deliberately what state you want to be in state being the emotional experience, your joy, your happiness, whatever that is, and not relying on outcomes to give you that payoff. I love it. I love it. I mean, you're, you're definitely speaking my language here. Cause I think, you know, it is important that we have that, you know, that, that we're feeling good about the things we do, not just, we want all these things without actually being connected with the feeling. But, you know, now let's, let's talk a little bit about purpose. I mean, I think purpose is such a huge thing, but I also know that everyone really finds their purpose or lives their purpose. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like why is having a purpose so important and how can we really find it? Yeah. Purpose is, you know, the easiest example is purpose is like the North Star. So even in the darkest of days, darkest of nights, as long as you have purpose, it's some sort of guiding light that can direct you. You know that you, know that you have to go here. Purpose is like the ultimate Google Maps for us and our inner compass. If we, once upon a time before we had GPS and all these things, if we were to try to go from, I'm living over in Southern California. So if we were to try to go from Southern California to say Chicago, well, we can eliminate West because we know that's the ocean and we know that we need to go some way that direction. But then after that, there's all sorts of twists and turns and things that if we don't know exactly where it is we want to go. And then even if we find our way into Chicago, trying to find a specific address is going to be that much harder 
especially if we're not certain where we, it is we even want to go when we get to Chicago. So having purpose is saying, I want to not only go to Chicago, but I want to go to this street, this corner, this address, this time, this day. It's giving us a, a direction for our life. Most of us struggle with purpose and the absence of it because we're all born with a purpose. I believe we're all born with some sort of purpose, but we're taught. Purpose isn't taught to us. We're taught to conform. We're taught to go to a role. We're taught to be, you know, to conform into a role in society that you're taught to grow up and you're taught to have, be realistic about your goals and dreams. So when you're a little boy or a little girl and you have aspirations of being a, a superhero or an athlete or a movie star, you know, you're quickly shut down saying, well, you know, you don't want to do that. I remember when I was six, seven years old and I was in the, I want to be a baseball player phase. And my grandma told me, you don't want to be an athlete. Athletes are stupid. You want to do something that uses your brain. And it literally killed that possibility in my life right then. And it was something that I can still to this day see where I was and hear my grandma saying that. We're taught to go to school and learn all these things that are such important things, right? Which we all know how, how helpful our school, schooling was. How many days, how many often every, every day do we use quadratic equations and those kinds of formulas? And we have to cite the great Gatsby and the symbolism of the green light because that really has a huge impact on our day-to-day life. But it's crammed down our throat so much that that's what we're taught is so important. And nowhere in there is purpose, right? And, and so what happens? You get out of school and then you either get a job or you go to more school. And then because if you go to more school, you're going to get a better job because you'll have this better piece of paper. And then we do that. And at some point we're supposed to get the marriage and the ring and the white picket fence and, you know, the house. And maybe we'll be lucky enough to not be the one in two people that get a divorce or then get another divorce or whatever it is. Right. And all this teaching, there's no purpose taught. And what you end up having is you have legions of people who are growing up, following these systems, doing what they think they're supposed to do. And all the while they have this, this, it's like I call it the silent whisper that whispers not just from their head, but from their heart that tells them that there's something more. But they were never taught there was something more. The people they surround themselves with are more committed to commiserating or regurgitating the nonsense that the news spits out. Like I say the news is nothing even worth seeing and negative every waking second. And they'll sit there and commiserate on those things. And they'll, they'll you know, what is it, the expression, birds of a feather flock together. So now we're not only taught not not how to find purpose, but we're taught to associate with people who are like-minded. And so they're not listening to those whispers. So we suppress, 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 suppress. Or another way we say is we depress, 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 depress. And then it gets to a point where it becomes like a trash compactor, right? You know those old trash compactors are like a trash can where you, you shove down, shove down, shove down. You can only collapse so much and fit so much in there until it eventually starts to overflow. Well, if we're constantly depressing, 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 one of two things happen. We either, we either become depressed, sad, you know, regretful, all these types of things, midlife crisis. Or if we're bold enough to actually listen to this whisper that's been there all along, we start to ask questions. What more is there for me? Why am I really here? You know, what do I really want to do? We seek out somebody. We read a book. We watch a training video like this and say, wow, you know, there's other people like there who have asked these questions that have been in similar places. And they've been able to go on and do this. Maybe I can too. Wow. I, I love it. I mean, it is, it is so true. I mean, like everything you just mentioned, like in school, yes, it's true. They're not being taught. And then I think also those that actually do want to do more, they're being looked at like, you know, why would you do that? Why don't you just stay with a job? And it's, it's so much safer than being an entrepreneur. Oh my God, it's so scary and definitely not safe. And, you know, you have no protection. And what if you fail, right? 
So, you know, can you tell us a little bit like what, how can we really figure out what are we here to do? What is really possible for us? What is our purpose? So then we can really step into that and really embody it and, you know, feeling strong about it. So we can say, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing now. Yeah, that's a great question. There are two really common places that purpose resides. Purpose will reside in our greatest pleasure and purpose will reside in our greatest pain. So how does purpose exist in pain and pleasure? Those seem like complete opposites. They are, and purpose is in, can be found within both. And I think for sometimes people are shown different paths in life. Why that is, I'm not nearly conscious or spiritual enough to be able to, to speak on behalf of whoever is pulling the strings. But what I can say is purpose is found in pleasure and pain. In pleasure, the, the questions are, the easy question is to start with is, what would I do? It, assuming everything was, all the basic necessities are paid for. Your, your electricity is on, your, your, your roof stayed over your head, you had clothes on your body, food in your refrigerator. What would you do? And you would absolutely love doing it if you got paid zero money for it. And that starts to open up a really specific set of questions. And it might bring into some things that you wouldn't necessarily explore. Some people might find out that they're doing a corporate job and what they'd really love to do is walk dogs every day. And there's people out there who earn good six-figure-plus incomes walking dogs, right? Because they go and they switch from a formula to a a purpose-driven position. They switch from a, this is what I'm supposed to do, to an entrepreneur, and they start to see how they can leverage their time, they can leverage their energy, all these types of things. So that's an easy place to start with the pleasure piece. What is it I'd love to do? What would I absolutely love to do every day? How can I monetize that? Or it may not even be a matter of monetization. Some people might find their purpose is more in nonprofit work and doing some sort of general type thing. And it's, they, they really enjoy what they're doing to earn an income. And so their purpose is to continue to earn the income at the level they are so that they can start more charitable endeavors, more giving, those types of things, right? So it's, it's what's really near and dear to your heart. Now let's swing over to the pain one because the pain one is always the one that people go, well, pain, I don't want it. First of all, I don't want to do pain. Our, our, my driving force is avoiding pain and gaining pleasure, right? That's what we all want to do. Get me the hell away from pain. You're going to see my purpose is in there. They're like saying, no, oh, I got to dig through the sewer system to find it. And if you do, it's down there. If you can find a way to turn the worst day of your life into the best day of your life, you can find purpose in that. So for example, me sitting here right now with UK, I would not be here if I hadn't gone through painful experiences in my life. My first real painful experience was the suicide of one of my closest friends. I found him. He was still alive. He shot himself in the head. It was a horrible, horrible thing. A couple months after that, my dad died unexpectedly after being promised more time. My dad had been going going treatment for cancer. Doctor literally shook his hand and said, congratulations, Mike, you're cancer free. You have your whole life in front of you. You did it. You beat cancer. Two weeks later, dropped dead. Oh boy. That took me to a dark and deep, painful place. And it was from that, though, that I started searching around and really thinking, figuring out what's going to make me happy? Why am I here? And then as I started to seek out the answers to those, I got clearer and clearer on purpose. A couple of years after that, my very best friend was killed in a car accident. And it brings me back to this painful place. But in that painful place, now I'm applying tools and techniques that I've used from those other ones. And I'd also had these this time frame of teaching other people about this from my most painful places. I got my most pleasurable results. It doesn't mean I wouldn't give anything to still have them here. I wish so much they were and they are a part of my life today because of the work I do, because it's in honor of them that I get to be here and talking with you. And that is one of the most deeply fulfilling pieces of my life 
my purpose was a direct product of pain and others people's can be a direct product. And now I'm living something that if everything was covered, I would do this hundred percent for free. And you know, I think something, something that I learned like long ago is like, I think purpose also often finds us. I think if we're like out there really looking for purpose, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? It's, it's not so easy to find, but oftentimes I think it, it finds us. Like it sounds like you, your purpose found you because of the stuff that you've gone through. And I've talked to so many people, like even myself, like I've gone through a lot of uh, adversity that then when I came, came through it, I realized, you know what? There's so many people out there that going through exactly what I've been through. And hey, I figured out, you know, I, I realized that, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I can then use what I've learned to help these people. You know, but I think, and I don't know about you, but have you, your, your overall purpose is, you know, helping people, but has it ever changed from one thing, shifting it into another? Or was it always just the same thing as far as helping people, you know, find, find their purpose and those type of things? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. To, to follow up on your point, too, purpose, I think, does come in knocking on the door. You know, it'll be doing the knock, 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 but we're sometimes very stubborn, and that's not saying anybody on here has ever made an excuse or justified or rationalized why they don't follow through or do something, because nobody on here listening to this would ever be that person. But we can sometimes be really stubborn and come up with some really doozies of excuses about why we don't answer the door when purpose is knocking. Mm-hmm. Purpose may find us, but we have to be the ones that open the door and embrace it. To the second piece of it was, <clears throat> I think that for, for I, you know, I just, my mind just completely went blank. Can you ask the question again? <laughs> <laughs> like if it, if, if it ever changed for you, like for me, when I started, it was like, you know, I was doing just a business coaching. Then it was like the universe, like, you know, I was ignoring the door. So I was actually one of those. I, I heard the knock, but I completely ignored it until I got hit in the head so many times that, you know, that's what helped, you know, uncover my spirituality. So my purpose was always like helping people, but it shifted the way I delivered my purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Purpose in nature can be evolving as we are. We're, we're always evolving. We're always growing. And I believe our purpose should be able to evolve and grow with it. Where my point and my purpose is right now, as it's going into, and it's really working with different types of people and, and, it's evolved in the last couple of years to open up more, more to creating, creating systems to help people who have lost people, because it's something that I I've really seen a lot of experiences for myself. And it's something I've been able to really connect with people on. Now that was something I never thought I would do. And so there's one piece of purpose over there too, because my greater purpose is really about empowering people to live fulfilling lives and helping them create and find purpose and, and fulfillment. Well, who, who all does that apply to? You know, sometimes we go in with a specific person in mind and we're taught, okay, who's your ideal customer? Who's your ideal client? And that person takes on this, this image in our mind, but yeah, absolutely can evolve as if you're flexible with it. You look at like the people, you know, who are on the top of the personal development mountains, the Tony Robbins and those types of folks, their, their, their audience is a sea of humanity right he'll he'll routinely tony robbins will talk about he's got people from 50 different countries translating 30 languages on there and whatnot and so purpose evolves you know purpose evolves in the sense of you know you may be really focused on growing your business right now and doing that because that's your way of reaching people and then in 10 years that piece is going and part of your new part of the new piece of your purpose is to expand how you're helping people where you're still helping folks in the way you are, but you're also now creating these outreaches to underprivileged people, or maybe you're really passionate about helping animals and pursuing animal rights or some sort of humanitarian cause, or you want to provide clean water to people in India, or you want to figure out a way to, to 
you know, have a better system of air conditioning that uses less energy or whatever that is. And that can all be purpose because it, it, it ties in and it, it gives you the innate flexibility to evolve as you evolve and take on life experiences too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally love that. Now, how does that really relate to business? You know, cause like the, the audience, you know, the listeners, we're all in, you know, business, business mm-hmm. people, entrepreneurs, conscious entrepreneurs. So how does really the, the purpose and really staying connected to the purpose helps us become even more successful or, you know, just helps us, you know, stay on our journey. Great question. The number one challenge most entrepreneurs and business owners are going to face is going to be burnout, burnout, failure, fatigue, all those types of things. You know, there's, there's different languages and we can cite different studies to that will purport one or over the other being more, but each study is going to have its own, its own conclusion. So let's just lump them all together, right? Burnout, fatigue, fear of failure, whatever that is. The purpose-driven entrepreneur is going to be able to pursue and push through any of those things much more than the non-purpose-driven one. Because the purpose-driven entrepreneur is going to understand each and every day when they wake up, they're getting up early, they're staying up late, they're sacrificing, they're making concessions in their life, they're saying no to to short-term pleasure, they're saying yes to immediate pain because they're going perhaps there's something. They're going to understand that what they're doing is for something greater than just themselves. They're going to approach the project, the business they're in, whatever it is, not with the intention of it being self-serving. This is going to help me. This is going to make me money. This is going to this. But they approach it with we. This is going to revolutionize how people do business. This is going to make it so much more effective for other people. The purpose-driven entrepreneur is going to understand community before self. The purpose-driven entrepreneur is going to be a better leader because they're going to be more, they're going to be more committed to caring enough to lead as opposed to being selfish enough to get their ego stroked. And the purpose-driven entrepreneur, when they start to hit the financial outcomes and goals that they set for themselves, is going to be the one that's going to be generous. They're going to be fun. They're going to be happy. They're going to be fulfilled. And they're not going to be the statistics that we've all heard, which is how many people, they're not going to be the lottery winner statistics. The lottery winner statistics are 96 or some insane percentage of number of people who win the lottery end up reporting back that they're, they're more emotionally miserable than they were before they won the money. Even though in the United States, the number one thing that people, if they could have any wish, wish granted for them, the number one thing people consistently respond is they wish they'd win the lottery. Because they believe that if they have all the money in the world, it's going to change everything. Not the case. If this and this are off, all money is going to do is if you're already sad and depressed, it's going to make you more sad and depressed. Because now you start to get the things that you thought would get you that payoff. Well, you got the little buzz in the moment. It felt really good to get in your Ferrari. It felt really nice to go and take some friends on your boat. But any view that you see every single day, it's going to become accustomed to. It's going to be familiar if you're not deliberately ingesting gratitude and, and love and joy into those things. So then what happens now you're just, your problems you had before are magnifying. The purpose-driven entrepreneur is going to understand that there's something more than themselves and they're going to be able to find joy and gratitude in the experience because they get that each and every effort they take, every no they have to encounter, every quote-unquote failure or learning a new way it didn't work they run into, all that's doing is it's putting that much closer to making a difference in the lives of others. And I mean, I think like we entrepreneurs, I think we're just a completely different breed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, we're giving up so much, we're enduring so much pain, but I think like if we do really have that big purpose, it's, I mean, I would say, yes, you know, I mean, there are tears, there are breakdowns where you just like, you know, like a few, like months ago, you know, beginning of the year, I had like an identity crisis where I almost had gotten to the point where I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to give up my business. But that was just me, you know, going through an awakening. But I think like if you really have that purpose and really focus on that purpose, like 
why are you doing this in the first place? Yes. I think if you can hold on to that, that can help you then really make it through anything that, that comes your way. Or how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I love, I love your reframe there of going through an awakening. I think that's such a powerful thing. One of the, I think one of the most important tools entrepreneurs can have is the ability to reframe. And you take a problem that most people are going to look at as a problem as a problem and you turn it into a puzzle. Puzzles are just something to be solved, right? Problems are, problems are whatever we make in our head. Some of us, somebody will have an image. If I say the word problem, you immediately get an image in your head of what a problem is, right? And a problem may seem unsolvable. If it's a puzzle, on the other hand, a puzzle is just you have to find the right pieces to put them in place. You reframe it and you look at it from a different perspective, right? Entrepreneurs, one of the greatest gifts an entrepreneur can give themselves is take the word and eliminate the word can't and replace it only with can. There's a story I was reading the other day about this kid who went to, you know, like a Harvard or Stanford or something like that, a math major, showed up late to class one day and, and on the white, on the chalkboard, there was two problems that were written up there. So the student copied them down, assuming that was the homework. Goes home, sits there, spends some time on it, gets the problems, turns it into the professor. The professor calls the student up and says, what in the heck is this? And the student says, what do you mean, what the heck is this? He said, it's the homework, right? And he said, no, these problems are two of the most famous unsolvable problems in mathematics, and you solve them both. How is that possible? And the student says, well, I just thought that was the homework. The student didn't know that the professor had given a whole lecture about how these problems are impossible to solve. The student missing that whole lecture just showed up and said, oh, here's the homework. This is a puzzle to figure out. Because of the psychology the student had, they were able to see things that everybody else wasn't because that student wasn't operating under the guise of this is impossible. Entrepreneurs live in a world where so many people are going to tell them it's impossible because they've been taught and conditioned the same BS that we were all taught and conditioned. You know, you got to do this, you got to do this, the formula we talked about early on. But entrepreneurs, as you said, they're a different breed and they, 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 they walk a different line. They march to a different tune of a different band and they have to remember that problems are just puzzles. Reframing it, can'ts to cans, right? If there's something that seems like it's so difficult and challenging now, the worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur is tell yourself, I can't do this, this is impossible. You can give yourself some grace and say, you know what, this is pretty tough right now, but I'm committed to figuring out what it is. I may not get it today, I may not get it tomorrow, but I can figure it out because all of our history is in the people that we celebrate are people who have achieved the seemingly impossible and made it possible. The technology we use. I mean, we can hop on here and do conversations like this and we don't even think twice about it, right? Because it's just common stance. But imagine doing this 10, 15 years ago. Now you go on an airplane and people are saying, oh man, I can't believe how slow the Wi-Fi is on the airplane. Not even 10 years ago, you had to, you couldn't even, you didn't have a cell phone to go on a plane. And if you got off a plane, you had to go and use the pay phone to put quarters in to try to call somebody. And now you, you know, as your plane's landing, you can pull up and have Uber and have the car pull up to the curb and then you're there, right? It's yeah. such a different thing because it's people who said they didn't, they didn't subscribe. They, the challenges were awakenings. Problems were solutions to be worked out. Problems became puzzles. So having that flexibility in your mindset as an entrepreneur is one of the greatest gifts you will ever give yourself. You know what? I really love how you just explain it because I think it really sums it up. Like, because I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, we do have to go through a whole lot of things. Like, well, it didn't happen in the past. Why should it happen now? You know, it, you know, getting clients is hard. Making money is hard. All these different things that we're being conditioned in. But like you mentioned, I mean, there's so many people out there that have done it already. So 
it's not impossible, right? Because yeah. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, successful entrepreneurs like, you know, Tony Robbins, like you mentioned, all these other big, you know, big entrepreneurs, they've done it. And I don't believe that they have never had any challenges that they're just like, woke up one day like, hey, I'm successful, right? I mean, <laughs> we all go through all of those challenges. Like anytime when, I, when someone tells me, yeah, my business, everything is going great. I never had any challenges. I'm going to say bullshit. Yeah, Terrible language, but I don't think anyone can become successful without going through these, these growing pains, these, I got to figure out how to do this, like the puzzle pieces, they're figuring out the solutions because you don't know what you don't know, right? So you got to figure it out somehow. But now how can we, you know, when it comes to the purpose and, you know, being in, in business and you mentioned one thing earlier, and I think I would like for you to maybe talk a little bit about that as, you know, like the, the heart, you know, the head, no, head and the heart. No, I got it right. <laughs> You know, like the, the connection there. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Because I think this is also such a big part when it comes to the purpose is really connecting the two in order to really live our purpose, you know, embody yep. our purpose and stay within our purpose. Yeah. Entrepreneurs know this to be true, is that so much of this, the decision-making we make uh, is, is driven on a gut response. We, we have to trust our gut. Whatever gets us to make the first decision from switching from our our job, the traditional model we've done to go after this business idea, whatever it is, it's a gut response. We also have this brain that as amazing as it is, there's a piece of it that is, has evolved sufficiently over time and is hardwired for us to look for all the stuff that's wrong for survival, right? Our brain's first function, like a stress response in our brain is designed because once upon a time we had to go out and we were trying to forage for food and we had saber-toothed tigers out there that we were competing with. And if we weren't alert and looking for all the signs of a saber-toothed tiger, well, tiger's going to win every time. Mm-hmm. Now, in our society today, we don't have those things. But we still have that same, that same unconscious involuntary response in our brain that we're going to go around and look for things and produce stress response. We don't have a frame of reference to out in nature that there's saber-toothed tigers. So we start to interpret as, oh my gosh, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, all those types of things, right? And in so doing, it triggers those voices inside of our head that start to tell us the doubt, the fears, you can't, what were you thinking, you're silly, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And those things can spin a doozy of a story to talk us right out of here and completely suppress what we already know to be true, which is trusting our gut response. Gut response is intuition. It's our heart telling us what is something more. It's purpose. It's speaking from the soul, however deep and metaphysical you want to get with it. In some fields of psychology, they teach that at any given moment, we have 2 million pieces of information entering into our unconscious mind, right? Through our senses. So sight, what we're seeing, hearing, tasting. Easiest example is anybody who's watching and listening to this right now, you're focusing on what we're, what Kay and I are saying. You're listening. You're maybe noticing our body language, our mannerisms. You Now that I'm using my hands a lot, maybe you're really paying a lot of attention to my hands and what I'm doing with them, and I'm moving my fingers kind of funky. But notice as you're doing that, you're not really aware of the chair you're sitting in. But as soon as I call your attention to the chair, all of a sudden you become aware of it, don't you? And now that you're noticing the chair, maybe you notice that your back feels a little uncomfortable. Maybe you start to feel like you want to squirm a little bit and all these types of things, and now you're starting to notice your body moving a little bit more, but you haven't even paid attention to my hands for the last few seconds. Well, my hands were always there. The chair was always there. But what was happening is we have all this information, and we're filtering it out, and we're all using this itsy-bitsy-titsy-bitty piece to make up what we call a reality. Our gut, our intuition, that inner sense of knowing that we've all experienced at some point in our life, 
is what I believe it's that overriding force inside of us that says, okay, I'm filtering this out to make sense because that's what I've been taught to do. I have to make sense of this right now to, to be able to take the step and the next step. But there's all this other, from that 2 million pieces of information, we're using 127 of it or whatever it is. There is literally 99.9999 whatever percentage of information still on the table. Our gut response is saying there is something more here that we need to look at. And if we can give ourselves just enough grace in the moment, you know, enough, enough space to take a breath, greatest gift and one of the greatest tools an entrepreneur needs to have is taking a breath. Because when you take a breath, you're going to be able to listen to hear and say, wait a minute, is this really fact or is it just a story that's trying to be spun by one of the fear voices, one of the doubt voices? Maybe it's mom whispering in my ear. Maybe it was my teacher in second grade. Maybe it was grandma who told me I couldn't be a baseball player. Take a breath and then tune into here and go off of feeling. Because this isn't going to necessarily logically explain it to you. It's going to be a sense of knowing. It's the same sense of knowing that we all had the first time we felt really connected to a romantic partner, the first time when, when we felt like we were absolutely certain that we were going to do good at something. It was that same feeling that we knew that taking the leap from doing what was traditional and normal, normal, to becoming an entrepreneur was what drove us to actually go into that crazy world like you're talking about, right? We do march to different, a different drum set than everybody else. And it's because we listen to the gut and most people don't. All of us as entrepreneurs will talk to people each and every day. We'll say, oh, I would wish I did what you would could do, or I would love to have more free time, or I would love to, in, in coaching, I talk to people every day and say, oh, I would love to do coaching, but X, Y, Z excuse. And they know in their heart they need to do it because they have been making X, Y, Z excuse for 10 years. 10 years. They wake up, they celebrate their birthday, and the closet's the same clothes. They're in the same house. They go to the same restaurant. The only thing's different is that they're another year older on their age because they've been making X, Y, Z excuse for the same time. In their heart, they know, but they are so conditioned to talking themselves out of it. Entrepreneurs have to take that breath, tune out of here, and really tune into here because then what happens is if you learn to listen to this and trust this, you can really harness the power of this to now seek out resources to help support this. You know what? I, you're right on point. You know, the funny thing is I got to tell you a quick story. Like for me, I was, it was been the speaking, you know, for years, ever since I started the coaching industry, like I wanted to, I had that feeling that you know, speaking would be a great thing, but like my fear, like I was really stuck up here, really held me back to really getting out there. But I mean, I at least didn't listen to it all the time. I at least move forward, but I see it. I see it so many times where people do say, well, I can't do this because of that. I can't do this because of that. But, yes. you know, like you mentioned, it's, it's really just all the stories that we've been telling ourselves. And like, I think it was Einstein who said that you can't create what you want to create with the same consciousness that you're having right now. Otherwise, you would have it already, right? Yeah. So you have to, for one, reframe your, 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 your conscious mind and also, like you mentioned, like filling in here. But then how can you really stay connected to here? Because when you have that intuitive guidance, when you have that, that, that gut feeling that, you know what, there's more out there, I should do this, and you're taking that step, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, up here, it's like, is this really what you want to do? Is this yep. really a good time right now? Should you do this? But what if you're going to fail? So how can you really then tune that out? Because anything that you want to do, like let's say starting a business, it's great to start. It's, it's easy to start. But then how do you really keep moving forward to tune out that up here? Because I know it can be very loud and very annoying and very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic question. A couple things come to mind. Number one, learning how to quiet that. So taking that breath we talked about. Taking that breath, learning that 
just because it's an opinion, your brain's an opinion. As they say, everyone, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, including our head. And recognize that's just an opinion. Whether we choose to accept it as fact or fiction is up to us. It's a choice we have. That's a discipline of itself to just learn that we can, we can have that. I mean, because otherwise, let's look at this logically. Let's just step out of our own head and look at it logically. If we subscribe to what goes through our head, we're basically saying, okay, well, everything that goes through my head, every thought I think must be true if I'm going to choose to believe these ones. I can't sit here in good faith, Kate, look you in the eye and say, well, okay, I'm going to think on average 50 to 80,000 thoughts today. And every single one of those damn thoughts is going to be 100% true. Because I can tell you in my day so far, I have already thought about what I would do in the zombie apocalypse. I've already tried to use my hand to summon the force to get my water bottle like Luke Skywalker does. And somehow some of those things aren't quite working, right? But this is some of the stuff that goes in here. But we filter out and we choose we, we, so we, we can laugh at it, right? Because we know how silly that is. But that's the same brain that's going to also tell us, well, this could be, this could happen, or what about this? So we'll laugh and we'll giggle about the force and the zombie apocalypse, but then if it says, oh, you can't do this, you might fail, we take it as the gospel. All of it is, is just its opinions circulating around, and whether you choose to believe it or not, it's your choice, right? If you believe in it yourself, anything's possible. And if you also believe it's not possible, guess what? You're going to prove that it's true. So that's one thing. Quieting the mind and really analyzing it from a logical perspective. The second thing is you have to give yourself some sort of daily disciplines around that you can have to, to decompress from. We were talking off camera before. I get up and the first thing I do in the morning is exercise. The reason that does is because what I do is I set myself up right away from the first part of the day is for a win. And psychologically, it puts me in a frame of mind where I've gone and done something now before anybody else even shows up at the gym. That gives me another one, right? And it helps me, and I have to fight that that other part of my voice when the alarm goes off and says, Oh God, you don't really want to get up right now. You can sleep more. You're tired. Boy, it's so cozy outside. But if I win that first battle with my mind, what it does is it gives me a tremendous amount of control over my mind for the next decisions I make. So set yourself up with some early wins right from the start of the day. Do some things first thing in the morning and before you go to bed that are deliberate in you being the mindset master. Otherwise you're going to allow your mind to master you. So what are some wins you can give yourself at the beginning of the day that things that you have absolute certainty about you can do? I have total certainty that I can get up and go and exercise. And when I do, it reinforces that ability. At the end of the day, what is some things you can do to give you certainty? You know, does that mean that you spend five minutes telling your, your, your spouse, your significant other, how great they are, how wonderful are, and you feel certainty that you're, you're a great partner? Is it certainty that you take time to read to your kids because you can be certain that you're present as a, a, a mom or a dad? Give yourself some wins as a bookend of the day, and those are going to start to condition you that you're making deliberate choices to have those wins, and you start to learn more and more that you're the master of this. This isn't the master of you. I love it. I mean, like just to having a daily daily routine, I think is just very, very powerful. Because I mean, like all these, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs like Tony Robbins has that what the hour of power and the 15 minutes of something. I don't remember what he calls that 15 minute thing. But I think it's like when we do that every single day, I remember before I started my daily routine, I think it's been like two years ago. I, I did. I don't really want to go back to normal. I don't really like myself, you know, how it was back then. But I think it's really, you know, because we can achieve so much, but it is like conditioning our minds. So I really like how you mentioned, you know, having those little wins in the morning. I need to steal that from you. I need to try that. 
you try it, try it. Let me know how it goes. Give it a shot and let me know how it goes. I definitely will do that. But, you know, I mean, is there anything else that you, I mean, I think we covered a lot already, but is there anything else that you think that we should cover real quick before we come to an end? Yeah, I would, I would encourage everyone, if you haven't done it already, to really spend a few minutes, even if you're, you're super busy with work, super busy family, everything like that, spend a few minutes of really starting to get clear on purpose. And if you're in a space where you're, you're really committed to the path you're on right now, create an association in your mind about how that path is going to serve others. And serve others, serve your family, serve somebody beyond yourself. And when I say create an association, that's just looking at it saying, oh, yeah, okay, if I do this, it's going to do that. Give yourself the gift of feeling. Allow yourself to feel what that feels like. Spend a few minutes inside of the movie theater of your mind and create a, create a movie inside of here where you're the star. And one of the things you do is by taking the daily steps you're going to take, each and every step is empowering somebody else's life. And feel what that feels like. Feel what it feels like to look in somebody else's eyes and realize that the service you gave to them or you're providing for them or the technology you're creating has allowed them to be able to communicate, to be able to share, to be able to reach other people, to change and impact more lives, to make their quality of life better. And allow yourself to bask in that feeling. If you do so, this will go a long way to adding in the guiding light to the North Star out there and allow purpose to be your guide. You know, Jimmy Cricket said, always allow conscious to be your guide. I would say, you know, allow purpose to be your guide and you will go so far in not only being successful, but being fulfilled in the journey. Well, you definitely just gave me, you know, a case of major goosebumps. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. I love goosebumps. I love goosebumps. <laughs> me too. You know, that's like, you know, I believe that that's my soul, you know, being completely in, a, yes. in a alignment with you. So I definitely love that. And, you know, Jesse, th thank you so much, you know, for sharing all this great stuff. I mean, if anyone would like to get a hold of you, learn more about you, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, you can go to the website, jessebrisen9.com, social media, it's Jesse Brisen 9, Instagram, Jesse Brisen 9, YouTube, Jesse Brisen 9. I think it's, it's Jesse Brisen 9 and all the major ones. So I, I'm out there. Okay, and I mean, I have all the links with the show notes anyway, so make sure to go to abundantly-successful.com for the show notes, links, and everything. Now, do you have any free resource, any special bonus, or anything you would like to offer? Yeah, Kay, thank you. And Kay was nice enough to let me offer this to you all. I, uh, For anybody who's interested in free strategy session with me, if you're, this is for somebody who's really at the point in their life where they want to create more purpose and purpose-driven, fulfilled life, we'll spend you know, 30, 40 minutes together getting clear on what purpose looks like to you what fulfillment looks like to you and what are some measurable steps you need to take to start creating that. So I, I would love to share that time with you and help you do that. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. And like, like I said, you know, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day for being here, for sharing all this great content. I mean, I definitely got had a, a couple, you know, golden nuggets and I'm pretty sure the audience did too. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing all the amazing things you did. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's my pleasure. And I also want to thank you guys again, you know, for tuning in, for being here, for listening. I really hope we were able to give you better insights into, you know, purpose and, the, you know, the head and the, the feeling and everything. And, you know, just go out there and do what you're meant to do. You know, ignore the mind. I mean, it's the mind is it's, it's always going to be there, right? You're always going to have that argument with it. You know, just, you know, be the master, like Jesse said, be the master of your mind. And you're going to go so much further than, you know, letting your mind, you know, be the master over you because then you're not going to go very far. Uh, I know I've been there been there done it and i think everyone else has to so you know i really hope we were able to you know get you some insights today i hope you're walking away with a lot of gold nuggets and maybe took some notes i actually did too so you know thank you so much for being here make sure to go to abundantly-successful.com to for the show notes subscribe to the youtube channel you know now we're also on itunes so make sure you check it out 
And, you know, thanks so much for being here. I will see you next episode of the Abundantly Successful Show. And I hope you have an amazingly abundant and successful day. Thank you.